Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chad Ford. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Well, if you've been following our last podcast, you know that we've debuted Big Board 1.1, my first top 30 Big Board of the year. We did picks 1 through 15 last week. And this week, we're going back to doing picks 16 to 30. And in case you don't remember, or in case uh, perhaps you didn't have a chance to listen to uh, the first part of this episode as we break, broke down our first big board of last year, let me go through it with you really quickly. We had at number one, Cade Cunningham, the point guard freshman out of Oklahoma State. At number two, Jalen Suggs, the point guard out of Gonzaga, also a freshman having a terrific season for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. At three, Evan Mobley, big man out of USC, another freshman. At four, Jalen Green, a shooting guard playing in the G League this year. At five, Jonathan Kaminga, a small forward also playing for the G League Ignite team this season. At six, Greg Brown, the forward out of Texas, another freshman. At seven, Scotty Barnes, a freshman Again, another freshman out of Florida State, another forward. At eight, Jalen Johnson, a forward out of Duke, yet another freshman. At nine, Zaire Williams, a wing, Stanford, yet another freshman. At 10, Dyson Nix, the point guard. Again, this is our third pick out of the G League Ignite in the top 10. Point guard over there, really terrific, uh, terrific player. At 11, BJ Boston. The shooting guard out of Kentucky, a freshman, a guy who's actually really struggled this year and may not be in this spot much longer if he doesn't turn it around uh, at Kentucky in the second half of the season. At 12, James Booknight, the shooting guard out of UConn, our first sophomore off the board and really arguably may have been one of the two or three best college basketball players in the country this year, could still rise on this board. At number 13, Keon Johnson, Another freshman, shooting guard out of Tennessee. At number 14, our first senior off the board, Corey Kispert, the sharpshooter out of Gonzaga. And at 15, sophomore David Johnson, big point guard out of Louisville. And that was our top 15. And remember, we put together these big boards based off of talking to NBA teams, NBA scouts, trying to figure out where they have these guys ranked. It's really early, as I said before. There's some real challenges in putting together a big board this year based off the fact that there are just so many unknowns out there. Uh, Guys weren't fully scouted in high school the way that they normally would be, especially uh, in the summer and especially at camps like the Nike Hoop Summit. So you've got that issue. You've had sporadic schedules. Some of these guys have only played three, four games and other other players have played up to 10. Uh, Various levels of competition and the scouts haven't been able to go in and watch practices. And then when you get to the G League, you also have the fact that they're just scrimmaging right now in the G League and teams have not been allowed into those scrimmages yet. So all they've seen is some videotape. And so all of that means that we could see significant movement on the big board as we move um, throughout the season. But we're going to start now at 16. And at 16, we're going to bring in uh, a player that I just think, uh, I, I think very, very highly of. He was a guy that 
I, I felt strongly could have been uh, in the lottery. He still may be in the lottery. It's De'Ron Sharp, uh, big center out of North Carolina, a freshman averaging about 10 points a game and seven and a half rebounds a game, was coming off the bench for most of the season, but has just recently been, been inserted into the starting lineup. And in my opinion, uh, is the best prospect right now on North Carolina. That may come as a surprise to people uh, that were Caleb Love fans, but Caleb Love has really struggled for North Carolina, why Deron Sharp has been terrific. Then he's got he's got a good size for his position. It's his motor that I think is, is special about his game. He plays so hard. Uh, he's everywhere on both ends of the ball. His skill level is still catching up. He's not the skilled big that you'd normally expect to kind of go this high, a guy that's going to like stretch the floor, for example, or maybe handle the ball a little bit. That's not really De'Ron Sharp's game. He's a little bit more old school that way. But playing hard is a skill. And when Sharp's tenacity, I think, makes him a really intriguing prospect, he just affects the basketball game whenever he's on the court. That also means that given some of those weaknesses on the offensive end, his ceiling is going to be a little lower maybe than some of the other prospects. I don't know how much higher he goes up on a board, but seeing him anywhere in the you know 10 to 20 range, I think is a, is a fair assessment of where Sharp could be uh, next season. Now we go to Spain for our first international player. This is not a particularly strong draft for international prospects. I'm not sure that we will see an international player drafted uh, in the lottery uh, this year. Uh, we saw several uh, last year, including two in the top 10. I just don't know that that's gonna happen this year. There's a couple of prospects that I'll talk about that I think are intriguing and might be able to make the jump, but I just think overall, uh, this is one of the weaknesses of the draft. And so at number 17, Usman Garuba, the big man out of Spain, He's 6'8", and that's one of the things that is a red flag right away as a big man. He's 220 pounds. Uh, he's really good on the defensive end. Uh, it's the offensive end that I think uh, is is really still a major work in progress. A lot of teams are kind of split on what he could be at the next level, and with some teams thinking that you know, he's more in the, you know, 10 to 15 range. Other teams aren't even necessarily sure yet that they feel great about him being a lottery prospect. He he has a couple of things that I think are intriguing. He he plays at Real Madrid, uh, first of all. And so he's playing on, a, on one of the best teams in Europe. And I think that that's something that is going to be really intriguing. Two, he's he's an excellent athlete. He's a guy that can really move well for a player of size. He gets up up and down the floor. Um, he's a very good shot blocker, uh, and that's something I think that's going to be intriguing. Uh, and he's got a an, an NBA esque frame. He looks like he's going to have an NBA body. He's going to be able to to. Uh, be able to handle uh, the rigors and the f physicality of the N NBA. A and he plays his role. I he's not going to be a star, as you'll see in his stats right now, playing for Real Madrid. He averages about four points a game, four rebounds a game, and a block a game. Those numbers aren't necessarily going to wow you, but at his age, he's, he's only 18 years old, those are pretty impressive numbers. Uh, and so... You know what you like about him. He can protect the rim. 
Uh, he can defend multiple positions uh, on the floor. He gets up and down the floor well. I think he, he's got really good lateral movement as well as being a very uh, good vertical player. And, you know, he finishes well at the basket. I think he's just going to have to figure out some of the offensive game. And Real Madrid doesn't really use him that way right now. But on, on just raw talent, if you're thinking about a prospect that is intriguing down the road and a guy who could continue to grow and that he's in a really good developmental situation right now in Europe. I think uh, that Garuba is the guy uh, who's most likely to hear his name called first as far as international prospects go. And I have him ranked right now between 10 and 20. At number 18, we're back to another freshman. And and as I've said before in our podcast, this is a really strong freshman class. It's interesting that some of these freshmen have actually dramatically underperformed where I think people thought they would be coming out of high school. And then there's been a few freshmen that have overperformed. Uh, in other words, they, they are performing higher than perhaps they were ranked coming out of high school. And that's certainly the case with the number 18 guy on our board, Moses Moody, uh, the shooting guard out of Arkansas. Uh, whose claim to fame is that he can really, really shoot the basketball. He's uh, shooting 42% from three, averaging 17 points a game. Also, uh, uh, more than just a shooter, he gets to the basket, he rebounds. He's averaging six rebounds a game. Uh, He will defend multiple positions in the backcourt. He's he's got one and a half steals a game. He's not an elite athlete. And I think that's one thing about him that that lowers his his stock a bit. But this isn't a draft that's like loaded with great shooters. And Moody has consistently proven to be one of the best shooters in college basketball uh, at the start of the season as a freshman. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be um, really intriguing. And he's got good size for his position. He's six six six. He he needs to add strength. That's another area that certainly. You could knock Moody on, uh, but we're you know ten games into the season with Arkansas, and he looks like he is going to be a dominant scorer and shooter, and that is going to get you drafted, you know somewhere in the twelve uh, to twenty five range, and that's where I've got Moody going right now. At nineteen, a guy who in high school was ranked you know higher than Moody. He hasn't had a great opportunity to play a lot yet. Is Josh Christopher, uh, the shooting guard uh, out of Arizona State, uh, another freshman. Uh, Arizona State's only played uh, uh, seven games uh, so far uh, this season, and they, they haven't played in several weeks uh, because of COVID restrictions. And, and in those games, he's averaging 17 points a game, you know, four and a half rebounds a game, at, you know, a steal and a half a game. Uh, one thing I think that is concerning, and again, we're talking about a small sample size here, but he's only shooting 23% uh, from three. And his ability to score from anywhere on the floor is was his reputation coming out of high school, uh, his aggressiveness, that scorer's mentality. And the question always was coming out of high school, can he do anything when the ball isn't in his hands to really help? Uh, other teams win. And so far, I would say that he has played up to expectations. Uh, so far, he's shown to be a, a guy who can put up points, uh, but he's been streaky. Uh, he has been a bit of a ball hog. He has not been really handing out assists at, at the level that you would like um, to have. Um, and, and so you kind of, I think, know what you're getting 
uh, when you think about uh, Christopher. He is going to score the basketball. He's going to be hungry for his shot. He's going to be able to score it in a couple of ways. He's going to be streaky from the outside as far as a shooter goes, but there is some shooting ability there. I don't think he's necessarily broken um, as a shooter. And the question is, is he going to help your team get better? Does he help anybody else? Is he going to add anything on the defensive end? Right now, you know, haven't really seen much of that at Arizona State. But again, for a guy that could maybe come off the bench and be sort of an electric scorer coming off the bench, I think that's probably about appropriate for 19 and where uh, we have Christopher um, right now. Um, we'll do one more. At number 20, Rocco Perkison. Another international prospect and a guy that, to me, is one of the more intriguing prospects uh, in this draft. A guy that could be a bust or he could turn out to be someone who I think maybe should go considerably higher than we have um, at 20. He plays in Croatia. He's 6'9". He's 210. He's skinny, but he's got a decent frame on him. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. That's not like great length, but it's not terrible either. And he's a guy that's gotten a lot of playing time and a lot of focus uh, despite his age at 18. And he's got this, this really high basketball IQ uh, he can score inside. He can score outside. He's got uh, terrific passing skills. Um, he's an excellent rebounder, and that's really sort of interesting, I think, uh, for a player his size. He isn't a great shooter, and that is going to be the question mark on him. His, his jump shot is, is just very streaky right now. He's actually shooting decently uh, when you look at his stats right now. Um, in Croatia, he's shooting 35% from three, uh, but he he takes you know a couple of threes a game. He's he's definitely not going to be what you call a lights out shooter, um, and but that's the case, uh, right? If if he continues to improve that jump shot, then you've got a very versatile, high basketball IQ, six nine seven uh, foot wingspan who can handle the ball, and he's putting up numbers uh, in Europe. He's averaging 11. Uh, points a game, uh, playing at a playing at a fairly high level uh, at, at Croatia right now, and at the the word out of Europe talking to several international scouts is that you know from a from a basketball skills standpoint and from a production standpoint, this is the guy to really watch um, in this draft. If if Garuba is the guy with all the upside because he has the athleticism. And you know the defensive chops and is playing at Real Madrid. This is the guy who has consistently produced, uh, you know, even as a as a 16 year old, um, as a 17 year old, as an 18 year old. And you know, whatever you want to say about his weaknesses, he just continues to to hang uh, points, rebounds, assists on other teams, and and is somebody that you should really take a look at. And so we've got him at 20. I feel like it's uh, it, it reflects the teams that have him a little bit later because they're concerned about the jump shot, as well as a few scouts that I talked to who have him at considerably higher on their board because they just think that he's going to be one of these guys that is going to find a way to translate um, at the next level. That's our top 20. When we come back, we'll talk about picks uh, 21 uh, through 25. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, 
Listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. And we are back talking 2021 Big Board 1.1. Last week, we went through picks 1 through 15. At the start of this podcast, we did pick 16 through 20, including introducing our first couple of international uh, players uh, on our big board. We're now at 21. And this is where I think the draft starts to show some of its weakness. I think that whatever you want to say about the 2020 draft, where there wasn't superstars at the top of the draft, but there seemed to be a lot of depth that ran all the way through the 20s. I think that this draft is more top heavy. I think we've talked about the top 20 prospects, uh, all of whom I think have potential, a few of them that are still a bit reaches. Now we're starting to talk about either you know college basketball, sophomores, juniors, seniors, as well as a couple of freshmen who just really haven't necessarily lived up to the hype. Um, yet. And so we start at 21 with the sophomore out of Duke, Matthew Hurt. Uh, he had some first round buzz uh, last year, but ultimately decided to come back uh, to school for a year. And as a sophomore, he's been really good for Duke. Uh, he's got a terrific jump shot. He can play multiple positions. Uh, he can stretch the floor. Uh, he's averaging uh, almost 19 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game. He's shooting 37 and a half percent from three. And I think he could probably increase that. I think shooting is one of his one of his strengths. And you know, at 6'9", 235, he's got decent size for his position. He isn't the world's greatest athlete. And because of that, I think defense is going to be one of the biggest questions about Hurt. Who does he defend um, at the next level? And he's just not quite the shooter that Corey Kispert is, where you might ask some of those same questions about Kispert. I actually think Kispert... Uh, is a little bit better defender, a little bit better athlete um, anyway. But also, he's I think Kispert's definitely a better shooter um, than Hurt is. But Hurt is going to work his way into the league because he can stroke the basketball from about anywhere um, on, the, on the floor. And that's why he lands at 21 on our board. At 22, Jared Butler, uh, the junior guard out of Baylor, who I think has been sort of flying under the radar. When I was talking to NBA teams a little bit earlier before the college basketball season really got underway, um, he was more a, a kind of second round, you know, in the 30 to 50 sort of range uh, for teams. I think that that's changed. He's having a terrific junior season for the second best team uh, in college basketball right now, Baylor. He's averaging 16 points a game, nearly six assists a game. And I think one key thing for him is that he's been shooting nearly 46% from three. And he's not necessarily sexy, but he can defend both backcourt positions, one, which I think is is uh, one of his big calling cards going forward. Um, he's got great leadership. He has high basketball IQ. Like I said, he can really shoot the basketball. He's turned out to be a good passer. And he plays with a tenacity 
that I think that teams are is really intriguing to teams. He's uh, undersized for his position at six three. I think he's you know more of a combo guard than necessarily a pure point guard. But Butler has just had such a great season. At some point, that production is going to start to trump uh, a player's ability to just wow you with upside. And I think that's why Jarrett Butler um, sets at 22. At 23, Io Desumu, the guard out of Illinois that has just been on fire this year, one of the best players in college basketball, averaging 23 points, seven rebounds, five assists a game. And I think this has been a bit of a surprise for scouts, shooting 42% uh, from three. He is an electric player. He excels in the open floor dominant, always pushing, pushing, pushing the basketball. He is a little bit stuck between positions. Uh, He doesn't always make the best decisions with the basketball. He is averaging three turnovers a game. And there were questions, especially coming into this season, about how well he was going to be able to shoot the basketball. And so far, he's been answering those questions this year, uh, but it's early. But at 6'5", 200 pounds, I think he can play both backcourt spots. I think that there's been a question about defensively how committed he's going to be with as electric and as aggressive as he is offensively and as fast as he is offensively, why that doesn't translate into more steals, uh, more defensive lockdown plays for him. But there's no doubt when this guy has the basketball in his hands, things happen. He's playing for one of the best teams, again, in college basketball this year. He is just electric to watch, and he ends up at 23 on our big board with a draft range of 20 to 35. At 24, another big point guard, this time a junior out of Providence, David Duke, who is 6'5", 205, who's having a breakout season for Providence, averaging 19 points a game, six rebounds a game, four and a half assists a game, shooting 41% from three. He's put up pretty big numbers offensively as both a shooter and a playmaker for Providence this year. And he's really proven to be a versatile defender who can guard both backcourt positions, which I think is one of the things that's so intriguing. NBA teams love big, versatile playmakers uh, who can shoot the basketball and can guard multiple positions. And Duke has shown that really early on for Providence. He's a little bit older, and that's one thing that probably hurts his stock a little bit, why he's not a little bit higher on our board, uh, considering what he's done uh, at Providence this year. David Duke comes in at 24. And at 25, it's Kentucky freshman Terrence Clark, a guy who had lottery buzz at the beginning of the season and really struggled with Kentucky. Uh, Now he's out uh, for a few games with some injuries. He's one of the better scorers, at least in high school basketball, as a slasher. Teams worried right away how he would fit in with B.J. Boston at Kentucky, and, and that's proven to be the case so far because he's primarily really effective with the ball in his hands, the same held true for B.J. Boston. And then when both of them got on the floor at Kentucky, neither of them really seemed like they had the ability to take over games the same way. There's questions about his jump shot. He's only shooting 22% uh, from three. Uh, he's averaging three turnovers a game for Kentucky. He's had a he's had a really, just in general, rocky, rocky start to his freshman season as Kentucky, as Kentucky has just in general. But there's still talent there. He's an excellent athlete. Uh, he is a guy who looks for his own shot and is an aggressive scorer. 
if you're watching him right now, you're say, saying for sure he needs another year at Kentucky. But we're still early in the season. Kentucky's trying to figure out who they are and what they're doing. John Calipari hasn't had as much time with his team as he normally does. He lost a lot of guys like he always does uh, to the NBA last year. And so teams aren't ready to write, up, write off Clark yet. But at 25, this is a pretty significant drop for him from where he would have been ranked just coming out of high school and it just shows some of his struggles early on. When we come back, we'll finish our big board 1.1 with picks 26 through 30. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar tastes even better than the old ones. They're in 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. That's on top of all of the original flavors that you typically love, the Coconut Almond, the Raspberry, the Banana Bread, one of my favorites, the Mint Brownie. Also love that Orange Bar and the Coconut One as well, of course, being in Hawaii. And the great thing about these bars is that they taste like a candy bar, but they're actually healthy. And for, for someone like me who exercises a lot and runs a lot and cares a lot about what he puts into his system, I love the fact that it's low calorie, it's low sugar, it's got high protein, it's got high fiber, 19 grams of protein, uh, in fact, which is which is pretty awesome. And so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. That's builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. And we're back talking 2021 NBA Big Board 1.1, our first big board of the year. We're going to finish up with picks 26 through 30 right now. Also, when you get excited about our next podcast, John Hollinger, The Athletic, my longtime partner on this podcast, who has not chimed in yet on the 2021 draft, will be joining us uh, in our next podcast to talk about uh, his rankings uh, for the 2021 uh, prospects, especially with a focus on some of the returning prospects uh, in the draft. And John, uh, with years of experience uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies and a longtime colleague who takes a great statistical approach to things, is a must-listen to. And so I'm excited to have him on uh, the show next week uh, to talk about uh, how he is seeing the 2021 uh, NBA draft. We are now going to look at picks 26 through 30 and again, we're going to go back to freshmen. This time, Marcus Bagley, a freshman out of Arizona State, uh, brother uh, to Marvin Bagley, uh, the third, uh, who is a forward with the Sacramento Kings right now and who went number two in the draft. Uh, Marcus isn't going to, but I don't even think that many teams thought of him as a first-round prospect, but he's been very solid early on for Arizona State, averaging 13 points a game, six rebounds a game, shooting 40% from three. Uh, he uh, 
is a terrific scorer. He has the ability to stretch the floor. Um, at 6'8", 215, he can defend multiple positions. He's a little bit one-dimensional right now and needs to add strength. He's not as good as his brother. And, you know, his brother has had a, a solid but not spectacular start uh, to his NBA season. But when we're getting into the 26 range, we're looking at a guy who has still some upside left as a freshman uh, and at his size, his ability to stretch the floor, defend multiple positions. He seems like an intriguing prospect for team. At 27, Terrence Shannon, shooting guard out of Texas Tech, a sophomore, a guy who drew NBA interest as a freshman at Texas Tech, but was overshadowed a bit. Uh, by Jamius Ramsey, uh, who ended up going in the second round in the 2020 uh, NBA draft. He's more a, a glue guy than a dominant and any one thing type of player, but he does get to the basket. He's, a, he's an athletic slasher. He can defend multiple positions. That's intriguing. Adding a consistent three-point shot to his game is the big question mark right now about him. He shot it okay. Uh, early on for Texas Tech, averaging about 37.5% uh, from the three-point line. That, that's actually a pretty good number for him, and I think something that's going to be intriguing uh, to NBA scouts uh, right now. He's not a guy that's just necessarily going to wow you, but I continue to hear NBA scouts mention him as a first-round pick. Some, some teams even have him um, higher uh, then where we've got him at 27 right now in the late teens, I think his mo most likely range right now is somewhere in the you know 20 uh, to 40 range. But Shannon's somebody definitely to check out uh, if you're watching Texas Tech. At 28, Caitlin Love, freshman point guard out of North Carolina, who was ranked as one of the top high school point guards in the country. I think a number of NBA teams thought that he had the potential to be sort of a late lottery pick uh, before the season began. Has has struggled mightily at North Carolina as a freshman, averaging 10 points a game, uh, averaging 3.4 assists a game, but 3.2 turnovers a game, and is shooting a a, a pretty sad 16.7 percent um, from three. And he doesn't necessarily have that pure point guard vibe to him. I think that teams sort of saw him a little bit in the same sort of vibe as Cole Anthony. He's more of a gifted scorer than a playmaker. And scouts really wanted to see this year whether he can make people around him better. And, and the answer so far is that not only has he struggled on that end, but he's actually struggled as a scorer. He struggled to shoot the basketball. He struggled to finish um, at the rim. He's just had a really tough freshman season for North Carolina. And probably at this point, if things continue to go this way for Love, he probably needs to think about coming back to North Carolina for another year because I think he has more talent uh, than he's shown uh, right now as a freshman at North Carolina. But again, we're still early in the season. It sometimes takes these young point guards a while to figure things out. Uh, he certainly doesn't even justify a, a 28 pick right now based off of his production just as a freshman, but we're still taking into consideration what he did in high school, how he was ranked, what was expected of him before he got here, and we're going to give him a chance to see if he can continue to grow into his position. At 29, another freshman, big man out of Kentucky, Isaiah Jackson, who is athletic he's super active as a shot blocker as a defender at Kentucky 
frankly, he may have been Kentucky's best freshman, at least from a production standpoint, early on in the season for John Calipari. He needs to continue to add strength and work on his offensive game. But the numbers that jump out at you, seven and a half rebounds a game, nearly three blocks uh, per game for Isaiah Jackson, and a really great motor. He's got the athleticism, obviously needs to get stronger uh, you know, at 6'10", 205. But a guy that has shown enough potential that I think that he might sneak into the first round if he were uh, to declare for the draft. Obviously a guy who could benefit a lot from going back to school for another year. But I think we all know uh, how so many prospects these days, if they think there's any chance that they're going to be a first rounder, they want to come out. Finally, at 30, Musa Sisi, the center out of Memphis, another freshman. I told you this freshman class is loaded. Seven points, eight rebounds a game, couple blocks a game. Really an elite shot blocker, really good rebounder, very athletic, very, very raw on on the offensive end of the basketball right now. Just your sort of work in progress and a guy that, you know, I think could sneak into the first round again, just based purely on what his upside uh, might be. So there's a number of guys that we could have talked about uh, that we didn't uh, that could end up making their way uh, into our top 30. Kai Jones, the sophomore big man out of Texas. Um, Joel Ayayi, uh, the shooting guard out of Gonzaga, uh, who I think is, has been really interesting. Charles Bassey, a big man out of Western Kentucky, a guy I think that could enter it. Um, ultimately uh, make his way in. Jeremiah Robinson Earl uh, out of Villanova. Sophomore is having a really solid uh, season. Uh, Franz Wagner uh, out of out of Michigan. Another sophomore, I think, who uh, is really intriguing. Jaden Springer, uh, another freshman. Uh, this one out of Tennessee. He's coming off the bench for Tennessee, but I think there's some really uh, intriguing uh, parts to his game. Uh, Cameron Thomas uh, out of LSU, another freshman who's actually shown to be a really good um, scorer early on uh, at Aaron Henry uh, Jr. out of Michigan State um, is intriguing uh, as well. Justin Moore uh, out of Villanova. Uh, these are all guys who are sort of bubble guys for me and guys who could make that leap out of the bubble into the first round. Not sure there's going to be a Kansas player. Everybody asked me, what about your Kansas guys? Uh, uh, Baji out of Kansas is probably the guy who has the best chance of making uh, the first round, but I'm not sure Kansas is going to hear a guy uh, called in the first round this year. So there's a number of other guys that we could talk about and we'll dive deeper into our podcast as we get further into the season, going into the second round, thinking about some of those other top prospects that are there. In the meantime, keep listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Join us next week with John Hollinger, uh, who's going to talk about his top prospects in the 2021 draft. Make sure you subscribe to us, uh, whether that's going to be on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And we're going to keep going deep into the 2021 NBA draft. We're going to have a segment on international players pretty soon. We're going to do uh, stock watches uh, throughout the season. We'll have a mock draft that is going to come along uh, shortly as well. Lots of great stuff to come as we really start to get into the depth of the college basketball season in preparation for the 2021 draft. Not sure exactly when it's going to be, but in July or August or whenever it ultimately is for the NBA. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Aloha. Aloha.